What is up, guys? It is your host, Flex, with a very special episode today uh, with a guy I'm lucky to call a friend, uh, Justin Beretta. One-third member of the Glitch Mob, wildly successful music career, toured all over the world, putting out awesome music for many years, if not over a decade. Continuously pushing the bounds of creativity and art and music and now in the Web3 world. Just an awesome conversation, all around awesome dude. And without further ado, let's let's get into it. Justin, what is going on, man? I'm super pumped to talk to you. I think you were probably the first guest I've had on where we had a, a personal relationship, a friendship uh, before talking to them. So I'm re- really excited for this one. Uh, these are always my favorite conversations, man. So thank you so much for having me on. Cool. I want to jump right in, man. So you've obviously had like a super long and and successful career. Will you kind of just go back to um, just get a quick overview of everything you've done in music and art and everything like that? Probably leading up to maybe stop at the at the at the recent crypto stuff. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So um, I started I got into music through DJing and through rave culture. And I'm not a um, a trained musician. I didn't really grow up playing traditional instruments or piano. I didn't have piano lessons or anything. I came into it through technology, through electronic music. I was in my bedroom in high school tinkering around with uh, with software. I got into collecting records and going to raves. So for me, it was all, it, I came into music entirely through electronic music. And um, uh, I went to film school, so I was always really into making art, but I really got obsessed with the music part of making films, the sound design, the music. And so um, I went to school in Santa Cruz, at UC Santa Cruz, and there's a really amazing underground music scene there. There's a lot of parties out in the forest and on the beach. So I, I got really deep into DJing there. I was playing jungle and drum and bass, and this is all like very underground DIY rave culture which, um, to make a long story very short, led me to DJing on my own a lot. And um, around the time that I moved to San Francisco, I met up with uh, the two fellas that are now part of, and that I'm part of the Glitch Mob with. And we started off DJing. It was very much, I would play some, some of my music and some of other people's music. And then we decided to connect all of our computers together and perform like sort of like a mashup DJ group. And then it just it basically from there evolved into like a more of an electronic band. And we started writing albums um, and touring around doing that. So Glitch Mob has been my main focus for just over a decade now. And yeah, we've toured, toured around the world, spent the past 10, 11 years writing albums and touring around with them. And um, and then over the past couple years, I have um, gotten really into ambient music, generative music, the overlap of psychedelic um, therapy music, the, the the path of psychedelic inquiry and, and music was something that just became really, really uh, important to me in my own practice with meditation and everything. So they're two very different sides of music but it's it kind of gets at the same same thing so over the past year or so i've been really focusing on that when touring wasn't happening in 2020 and um we kind of found ourselves just actually as we're speaking right now it's 
It's Tuesday. We played our first show in two years wow. on Saturday night downtown LA, which was which was a lot of a lot of fun. But it feels like a big a big moment right now with everything happening. Dude, I feel like we could go down so many different roads here. So I want to start at the beginning. It's so funny you say <laughs> uh, about how you got into music through technology. Uh, I actually went in the reverse uh, reverse way. So I was like dead set. I was like, dude, I'm going to be a producer. Like I grew up listening to a lot of, um, I listened to a little bit of jungle and drum and bass too, uh, but uh, a lot of like hip hop stuff. And I was convinced I was the next DJ premiere. And like, yeah. uh, so I, I got logic or tinkering around. Yeah, I got I uh, huge into Logic, and I, this is pre-YouTube days, so I was the first time exploring like hotkeys and and how to do things. And I was just remember being mind blown. I was like, someone created the software that you could literally do anything you want in the world with, with, with music, which was which is mind blowing to me. And so, uh, mm-hmm. desktop apps and just just in general and websites, that was kind of my first thing. Is like, hey, maybe should I, I should uh, explore this? So that's that's really that's really fascinating because that 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 could be the hook. Just like tinkering with music and art could just lead so many you know so many different different directions. Yes. It is tinkering though. That's that's I like the I really like that concept and that word. I come from tinkering culture. Like I never intended to mm-hmm. to, to be in a band or to release albums. I mean, I loved music, but it wasn't really my intention. It was more that I just loved yeah. sound and music so much that I was always just messing around yeah. with them, trying things out. It's same with software. Like the probably the best kept secret in all of technology is developers rarely have any idea what they're doing. Right. They're just like the best developer I was talking about with uh, one of my friends. What I've seen after working with the hundreds of developers is the best ones I usually find out are the ones that are just passionately curious. The ones that stay up nights and weekends just trying to, oh, a new SDK launched, a new programming language. Let me just figure it out. Right. Those are the ones that are always the best ones and not necessarily yes. one who goes by the book and has best practices. So, um, yeah, you have to be curious yep. in, in tinkering in order to, um, uh, in order to like be successful in, in my opinion. Um, so, so let's, yes. so let's jump. I remember like, so the first, the first conversation we had, I was just like, just obviously had heard of the glitch mob. Like, you know, you guys are massively successful. And I remember listening to them, uh, for a while back in high school and college and things like that. And so I was excited to talk to you about that. And I just loved how, cause I, I didn't know you're interested in technology and I loved how passionate you were about that. So Will you kind of catch us up to um, up to speed on on some of the projects that you're you know you're working on around? I know uh, <laughs> I remember kind of feeling silly. I sent you the DM and be like, "Hey man, like you know I'm starting this thing called a DAO and it's decentralized autonomous organization. And you should think about making me." And you're like, "Hey man, I got a DAO <laughs> for a song that owns itself coming out tomorrow." And I was like, "Of course it does." <laughs> so I want to kind of jump into some of the projects you work on, uh, maybe specifically some some Web three stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a fascinating moment right now. And and thanks for sending that, by the way, because I think that part of the magic of this moment is the community and is the fact that there are, no one really knows what's going on. There are a lot of passionate people. There's there's programmers, there's uh, artists, there's, pro, you know, there's just so many different types of people that are com- coming around right now to make Web3 a thing. And the way I got into it, I mean, I I've been around... Um, tech in just long enough because I'm in, in electronic music that um, I was aware of early blockchain stuff and I was messing around with buying some Bitcoin when it first came out. Um, I mean, not when it very first came out, but pretty pretty early on. 
and then that during that first um big wave of nfts happening i got re-interested back in crypto because uh while i was interested like there's something so fascinating about blockchain tech in general and the way that that uh just the reading the bitcoin white paper i thought philosophically this is absolutely mind-boggling um but i've never felt like a financial person i'm not a trader um i don't have the the attention span for it i just i work on i want to just focus on music so i pretty much tuned out of the world of crypto for the most part i I was like paying attention to things that were happening and listening to podcasts here there i love listening to like naval ravikant on tim ferris's podcast and that one with nick zabo where there's like deep like crypto philosophy um but i sort of like tuned out of all of the ico stuff that was happening i just it was just so much noise for me and and it was eating away because it's so fun too but it was eating away at my my creative time so when the nft thing started at least when it came across my radar again um when people started minting and having these really massive sales in december of 2020 and and people's an old collaborator of ours like he made a video for us in 2014 and he's a friend and so when i saw him saw it come across my social media i was like wait what like people just made three million dollars from a jpeg i'm like what's wait what's going on and when i really tried to wrap my head around it it like it took a second but then it clicked it's like oh okay and then it, it felt like a light bulb went off and that, for me, it was the, the intersection of art and, 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 and technology. I and mean, I was aware of Ethereum and everything, but it was that moment that I was like, oh, my God. I felt like Ariel, like a whole new world. <laughs> it was, I was just singing that song, that Little Mermaid. Um, so ever, like, I became completely obsessed right at that moment. And I, I hit up people, and he was like, dude, everything's going to change. He's like, just put on your seatbelt, get involved just have fun and he he gave me some really good advice so um i started talking to people and everyone i found that everyone was so welcoming and and interested and another old friend of mine um trevor start started uh fwb the discord and and just a a couple different friends had told me before you should come in here this is like in season one so I came in and again, like very welcoming community. Everyone was very happy to, to have new people in there. Um, so I very quickly started having conversations with people and, and, and learning as much as I possibly could, just reading about all of the various things that were happening because now I started to see like, wait a second, this is a, this is a new thing here for what we do for, for art. So that led me to um, the very first thing that I ever did, aside from just being in discords and talking and learning and buying some JPEGs, was um, uh, on there's a, a platform called Catalog Works, which is just music. And Jeremy, who uh, who is who who he he's the one who like really crypto pilled me into Ethereum. He's like, okay, you he's he, they, he said we're launching. You guys should put one of your superposition songs in here. And I said, okay, so. He's like, so you're gonna need some money for gas. I'm like, gas, explain that. What's that mean? And he told me, and he's like, okay, so you can come and join join this. I was, he basically got me through all of the really, the, the low level stuff. And we minted on, minted a song on Catalog Works and it sold for two ETH, um, which was more money than Superposition had made almost ever from streaming music. Um, from from one sale, so like you know, it's like Superposition is my ambient project, and that music is it's experimental, it's ambient, it's not like 
as far as Spotify goes, it's not particularly popular. And the way that Spotify works, um, for those that don't know, it's just like sort of like a, a pie chart, right? So it's like the bigger artists get a bigger share and the smaller artists get a smaller share. So even though we do okay on there, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not very much money. Um, Glitch Mob does a lot better on there. But anyways, like it was just a total eye-opening moment that there were people out there that wanted to do that. So that led me to the next project, which was... Um, a DAO-based project called The Song That Owns Itself, which was a team of people that came together. Um, NCC is a, is a group of uh, developers from LA, and there's a, a, a professor of, um, sort of like music law named George Harrod, who had a, he wrote a book in 2018 called How the Blockchain Can Fix the Music Industry. It's a really good book. So he has been thinking about this stuff for a long time. So he had the idea where he wanted to create a DAO around a piece of, music um so this and and they're still working on this right now but basically we released a song the song called the song that owns itself this this song actually held all the rights to everything there's a DAO attached to it and um we basically uh gave out tokens to anyone that could figure out the puzzle to all become co-owners of the song we're actually we just this past week we finished working on excuse me we finished working on the video so we're gonna mint uh, a video and we're sharing all the profits in the song so we took basically what it what accounts for 20 percent of the ownership of the song and gave it to anyone that that came through and got tokens we we went and gave it to old fans of ours who've been around for a long time and basically shared it and the idea was that like what happens if we actually give ownership to the fans of the music using this using smart contracts to share because that's really how it works though right it's like i feel like fans when they when they promote and share your music that's really really valuable because if you think about it like word of mouth is still the most valuable thing like if if i came to you and i was like yo you have to listen to this one album or you're like, someone who you really trust with music sends it to you you're gonna listen to it you know it's like sometimes i'll hear i'll see an ad for a song and listen to it but for the most part word of mouth is so powerful so this was really an experiment to try to use um DAO use just like web three technology in general, more generally speaking to share the revenue of this. So anytime we're going to get paid from Spotify from the song, this money is going to go through a, uh, we had the DAOs registered in Wyoming. So we'll go into the songs bank account and then, um, eventually get dumped into the tokens there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. It's like, you're seeing, I know I, I love your input on, as as a creator and a longtime musician, how have you seen? Because this is a, an area that I'm sure a lot of people. I I, I probably only can scratch the surface just because I've 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 uh, just studied so much about the music industry and have just been passionate about music. But it, the music industry is is very convoluted in terms of how to make money, right? Like there's there's publishers and all this kind of these credits and the streaming platforms added a whole nother layer of complexity to um, the labels. And so how have you seen, like the song that owns itself, I think is a, is a, is a like a quintessential example of how a web three technology can benefit not only the creators, but the fans themselves, which is really, yes, you know, and to get really esoteric, I think that really you brought up community. I think that the Web3 world 
all looks at these things like, hey, Web3 solves a lot of things on how the word world should work in the first place. And I think that's how we're kind of like why we're so passionate about it. And so, yes, like fans should have a shared ownership in the upside of their favorite artists. And then artists should get compensated more directly for the art that they make. So it's just this match made in heaven. Um, and I, I guess so my question is, is like, have you had specific in Web3, have you had like, is this having a long lasting impression and in terms of your inspiration to creating new art and new and new mediums like do you look at things like art and music differently now that web3 exists oh my god yeah i mean it's, it's so much in so many different ways i mean we could talk for hours just about that particular question because um i there's a relationship between the way that music is consumed and then the, the place that it comes from when you're creating it so for instance like mm -hmm. if we're if we're making an album like uh, glitch mob made an album in 2014 called love death and mortality and we very much decided we're like this is an album that we want to perform live and we listen to the album you can almost hear the like festival tent in the album like there's it's not just us in our studio like, you can listen to a club song and you know like you can hear the type of club that it's supposed to be played in or you, you there's something about that so i think that with this technologically speaking especially because of the past year everyone has been online so much that the fact that there are there's a new um, there's a new world without intermediaries to create, and there's a new invitation to create um, feels absolutely very different. And in fact, it reminds me a lot of in the very beginning when I got into electronic music. It was, I mean, you know, in, in the states it was very early, at least in, not where I was. There's electronic music in Detroit and Chicago for a really long time and it wasn't like I wasn't there at the very beginning of it and certainly in Europe but in this in, in Southern California the, the like underground raves were um, were happening but EDM you know electronic music hadn't blown up into what is now is basically pop music and it's just you know this household that's on it's on the radio there's lots of number one songs that sound like that right so but in the beginning when it was a more of an underground thing pre-internet um, I felt like there's a community of people there that knew that this we were onto something, but we were off in the corner doing something weird. And it felt like, well, electronic music, it was like, oh, we were always in the side tent at the side room. We would play a festival. It wasn't, it was never a main stage thing. And it feels like that right now in the sense that, um, you know, there's a lot of the, there's been conversations around the big corporations coming in and doing something, but they haven't really yet. I mean, certainly there's a lot of speculation and there's a lot of interest. Um, but creatively, the fact that we can that we can create something right now and interact without any intermediaries at all, and built and like the the, the music itself is programmable, um, and the the payment is also programmable, is something that it's hard to unsee once you've seen it. But the other interesting thing is that um, you know a lot of people are a lot of artists are scared of crypto to be quite honest. There's a lot of, there's a lot of FUD around it. There's a lot of people that think that, um, you know, they're, they're concerned about the energy uses usage of blockchains and NFTs. And they're concerned about pyramid schemes. And there's all this FUD that's going around, but I just, it's so fun to parallel the very beginning of electronic music. When people would say that like, Oh, you're using, you guys are using laptops. Like that's cheating. That's not real music. Oh, you're like, and now you see it. It's like, oh, it's it's commonplace. It, it seems very clear to me that in the next ten years, no one's gonna look back and and scoff in the same way. Just it's kind of like fear, 
fear of the uh, of the new. But you know, as it, to get back to your original question, um, I'm working on a project right now um, for for uh, Art Blocks, and I'm doing generative music for it. I think I was telling you in uh, in Discord, and this is the purest example of something that if you told me a year ago I was going to be making generative music, making music using only code that is going to we're making a thousand pieces that are all going to live on chain that the file itself and it's, it's like like it's like a hundred kilobytes or something like that it's tiny i would be like what are you like what are you talking about it doesn't make any sense but because of this it's been an incredible creative challenge and super fun and like i think that really good art comes from the intersection of being challenged and pushed outside of your comfort zone and and having to figure out new ways to do things so the fact that we, we were able to I mean, I'm in the middle of working on it right now, but um, this was a perfect example of something that um, you know wouldn't have happened in the the normal the normal music world. And you know, also one other thing I've been thinking about a lot is like I also love Spotify. I mean, it's it's really easy to demonize <laughs> Spotify and Apple. I mean, and and kind of like bitch and moan about it. But I listen to Spotify all day long, every day. I'm not also here to say like just fuck these corporations. Where Web three is going to destroy everything. I actually think that it's more about uh, it's headroom. Like Web three captures this energy that people. There's other people that want to get involved. There's just a different way to interact on top of this stuff, and it all uh, will eventually find a, a harmony or a way to really work together. But I don't. I mean, it's certainly a disruptive moment, but I don't actually see it as destructive, right? Because we're still going to release music and put out art on the you know Spotify, Apple, YouTube. That's not going anywhere. Yeah. No, it's here. It's here to stay for for a while. My opinion is that the world, the entire world, doesn't need to be decentralized, but that number needs to be above zero percent. Right. So there's like there's things <laughs> there's uh there's things that it totally works for, and I think yeah, you know music and creators is totally one of those. Uh, I, I would interest. I'd be interested to hear your take on generative um on generative art, and it sounds like you've adopted it because I actually I flipped my tune when I first found out about generative art. I was like, man. Art is one of those things that, let's say, you know, you have some some people who are totally scared of the AI revolution and things like that, right? And like, anything creative was is the only thing that I was I was picturing like this total dystopian thing. <laughs> yeah. It was like art is art is art is what in storytelling is probably the only thing that's fundamentally human that we could always you know stay ahead of because we could always just adapt and uh, anything AI is just you're you're feeding it things that have it was once was once human. Um, uh, as far as a, from a neural network perspective. And I said, why would, why would we want to generate art like that? And then I really thought about it and I was like, there's actually something more human about that. And what I mean is like, is like, how do you take something that is, like you said, it's like a single script. And then at a moment in time, something mm -hmm. gets generated that you don't know, but you were the foundation for that output. And so in anything that could be, that could be really beautiful, uh, that comes out of that, like machine may have generated it but you facilitated that art to, to be processed and but you weren't you kind of you kind of set it a sail but you weren't steering the ship you know what i mean and there's something there's something like really powerful in that where where as creators we've been that's right uh, there's yep. a focus to 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 see things you know yes. start to finish and hold it like it's your baby but what's interesting about generative is that is that you you basically take it to the plate but it's on them to to hit you know singles double home run which is which is crazy that's a crazy powerful concept so <laughs> so yes. you mentioned people not being 
you know, raising their hand and adopting, were you a little bit hesitant about the generative art or, or, I mean, you might've been on the opposite end of the spectrum. You might've been like, yes, I'm all in. What were your first thoughts when you, especially for something as cool as ritual, like what was your first thoughts on, on coming up with something like that? Uh, so music generative, like generative techniques and systems have been around for a really, really, really long time. And even if you think about, um, so speaking specifically about the, the generative music techniques, like I'm not if ever sure if you've heard Brian Eno music for airports. So it's like from 1971. If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it. But if you listen to it, it just sounds like a beautiful piano piece. It's some of the most relaxing, incredible music ever. Um, to me, at least one of my favorite albums written in 1971 is when it came out and you would never know that this was generative, um, by listening to it. It just sounds like music, but because you can hear as just as you said, you can hear the humanness there and you can, you can trace, um, you can trace like rule-based music back down into experimental music. And, uh, John Cage used different heuristics where he actually had these cards, right? So, uh, I have a card here. This is from, this is from Brian, Eno, but John, John Cage would use, um, use different set of rules where you say that like the, if there's a bunch of people in a theater and the, 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 let's say there's like people, I forgot exactly what happened with the piece, but people had different radios and they would walk around the theater. And if they ran into another person, then they were meant to go left. So he created these systems where there's like rules happening and it was all choreographed, but also chaotic. So it kind of stems back from, from that sense of like you create a system and then let it go. And then there's rules that people have to follow. It's very like Pac-Man, right? So, um, although computers are doing it, 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 it extends back philosophically further than that. So I've been using generative music techniques like th this whole time. Um, so it was not really a leap for me because writing music in Ableton, you know, like there's stuff where if you hit an arpeggio and a synth, it just goes do, 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 you know, you know, you like, you just hold that down. Like that's not, tr that's not really generative, but it's sort of like in the same, in the same world. Um, so as when I first started, when I, when I first saw the art blocks stuff, I was like, Oh, I get, I love this. I, I get this because it actually felt like electronic music to me where it's like minimal, it's spacious. And, and there's something really beautiful about, because we're so inter we're so deep in our interface with technology that finding humanness within the, the fact that, um, like, computers can have soul. Remember those, those stickers? It's like drum machines have no soul. I think that that's sort of like been re reappropriated, um, in a really funny way. Cause obviously now a lot of people listen to drum machines and electronic music and they have plenty of, plenty of soul. And I, I feel the same way about, um, about generative music, but you know, AI to me is something that's a different, sort of like a different conversation where people eventually want to be able to make, to like, this will change when very soon you will be able to go to a prompt and type in create a song like DJ Premier except at 20 BPM and DJ DJ Premier being played by Mozart. And then it's just going to think it and generate something. That's that's a different conversation, but I think for the generative art with code code-based art, it's actually really quite quite hands-on um although it's not someone like playing the music on their own, but um there's still there's still a lot of humanness in there. Yeah, that's a good point. It's 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 scripted. And like I like I said, I've seen some some art box projects where my mind is blown. It's like it's like yeah, that was like there's something a, a, a one and doneness to it too, where it's like 
once it goes once it goes live and that's how it's going to look and it's the only one that's ever going to look like like that which is which is just kind of just kind of insane um i want to talk a little bit like like what's next like this space is so crazy like in the crypto world like back in my days like you know three or four weeks ago it's moving really really quick um i was talking about this uh, this the other day uh uh the kraus house did just the season one kickoff and we were saying so we were talking about something that happened three three weeks ago and we had this premonition like hey this is this is going to be the evolution like this thing is next and then sure enough like in those three weeks, everyone was like, yeah, dude, of course, it's already here. We thought we were geniuses and then uh, it, it's already come to fruition. So right. uh, what like what are some spaces that you see right now that you're just excited? I know, like obviously Ritual has has your hands full, right? Like, but like what's next for you? Like there's a ton of different things with with NFTs. I see some experiment uh, experimentation with NFTs bundled with um social tokens and, and DeFi related related projects mm-hmm. uh loot is obviously um you know taking the world by storm over the past couple of weeks from like this bottom-up in nft approach i could see something where it's like you know mm-hmm. g- giving little samples here and there and have communities create music from those samples you know like what what could you what where do you see your next project going and like what can you not wait to start once rituals is kind of out the door and, and yeah at least it's one of the most interesting thing about rituals is the is the IRL minting thing and it's sort of the opposite of the traditional music industry model in the sense that there's a lot of conversation in the beginning of NFTs about how like if you buy an NFT you are now like a member of like sort of like a, cl- a club and you get access to all of this stuff and I actually think that the magic is flipping is in- inverting that to where you have to go somewhere to get the NFT and you mint it on site and there's a limited amount it's almost like how people go to shows and like have hat pins or you buy posters or something so it's this culture of being able to collect these things that you can really only get there or, or tapes and that's really fun so like when I got my first IRL uh, NFT like my, my crypto Venetian I was like wait this is really fun. I loved the fact that you're in there, you're in a room with people. Here are the people that made this thing. Here's the people that that programmed the smart contract. Everyone's in a room sitting there like drinking tea at 3 p.m. and then <laughs> like delivering me an NFT. And I just love the humanness to it because we can get so obsessed with Twitter and you're look, you're spending time on OpenSea, you're in Discord. But anything that actually brings people back together physically is really super interesting to me. That's one. And two is is um, any technological advances over the next six months, let's say, is that's going to allow people to come in to um, who don't have tons of money to spend on gas fees, who might not understand um, all of the, the the lingo. Like, there's a lot of work to be done for people that are not crypto native. And it, and that's really, really exciting to me because right now, I mean, obviously gas isn't crazy. It's crazy. September 14th, it's like, you know, if you if you want to mint something, it can be one or 200 bucks. And there are a lot of people who are like, they that's just absolutely unfathomable to do that. And if you have a bunch of ETH from other projects or whatever, like it's, you, you just sort of like, you get used to that. But I mean, that's why it's, it's whether ETH will move to proof of stake model in time and drop gas fees or whether things are going to start happening on Solana or who knows what that's going to be. But um, the idea of being able to go to a show and let's say there's like a hundred NFTs that you, that you get. And when you get one, you can collect them and then they, they could fit together to do other things is really interesting. Um, 
I can't talk about um, anything that we're doing with rituals, but we're doing some some cool stuff in the in the background there. Once once it's all out, I can I can uh, I'll we can do another show after after the whole thing okay, happens. But we're, we we're, yeah. this is the fun part is like is to me um, doing things that bring the most the deepest levels of creativity out of people, and then open it up for other developers, other artists to come in, and and, and certainly around the environmental stuff. Um, I am excited for, because right now it just feels like everyone's driving around in Model Ts. It's like working on proof of work blockchains. It's like at some point in the next couple of years, that's all going to change, um, maybe sooner than that. It's going to be like, you know, it's, it's not even really going to be an issue. So I'm excited for pretty much at some point, every artist you know will, there's going to be no reason to not do it because it's going to be everywhere. And I, I'm just like, I'm excited for the hive mind of visual artists, um, certainly a lot of musicians to, to come in once things really smooth out. My man, Jess Sloss, he had a, he had a tweet today. I thought it was awesome. He was like the next, the, the first hundred million people to come into crypto, uh, right. are going to be brought by, by Kanye and not compound, which I think, which I think was, was, was pretty spot on. It's like, you're going to need people like you, right? The, the musicians and the artists 100%. to get the mainstream adoption, right? Because I can tell you as devs, we will build shit into oblivion. There's no problem. Like we'll figure it out. But the general population, they don't care how fast something is or, you know, yes. like like how cool the tech is. They want it to be easy. They want it to be, you know, make sense uh, like from a uh, uh, like a, a value perspective. Gas fees are just way too high. People are like, why would I do that? Especially if they don't really understand it. So um, I think that's I think that's yeah, I think that's spot on. Um, one thing that you said that really that got to me is. I think one of the most underrated things that that doesn't get talked about enough is NFTs as passports, right? Like even if you don't mint IRL, like I used to always think I would I was that friend in the friend group that would find new artists. You mentioned word of mouth, and I'd be like, you guys have to go check this person out. And like I weirdly I used to be like I would love to wear as like a badge of honor to be like, hey, I went to their first live show or I got their first album right like like not selfishly but i would lo- i would like to be like hey like i i knew about this person a, a while back um and it's totally the ego talking but now with nfts like like what you talk about with even if i meant digitally if someone dropped their first album as an nft like that is immutable and stored on the blockchain and like what kind of rewards could creators give later down the line you know once they're headlining coachella right like how do you reward the the day once right and like right now that's almost impossible but um you bring up irl experience and nfts and i think it's an underrated take i don't think enough people talk about how cool that aspect would be because they're in you know they're stored in the metamask like there's so many opportunities there yeah yeah it's all there do you think about like when you used to have, like, did you have one of those huge like case logic Dude. binders of CDs, where you know you had it in your car? I had two, right? And it was like it was mostly burned CDs. I had some albums in there, and someone would come over like, "What are you gonna listen to?" Like, you open it up, sit there, hand it to my friend, be like, "Pick one." And, you know, there's there's fifty CDs in there, but it was like a memory bank of all of my burned CDs, my mixed CDs, stuff that I made, things that I ripped from other people. And I, when I look at my wallet of NFTs right now, I have a I have a collection of stuff from from ETH, and I also buy a bunch of, of art on 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 Hicket Nunk, 
on yeah. my Tezos wallet. And like, I love looking at that stuff. And sometimes I'll add to it. Sometimes I'll move things somewhere else and, and burn them. But like, I think what you're talking about is really, is really thoughtful and is not necessarily from the ego. I mean, certainly there's, there's some in there just to be like, be like, well, I was first, but also like, imagine if, if I like, there are people that save concert stubs, even just for that. If I had a, I mean, I don't have them anymore, but I would love to just have this thing that was like every concert that I had ever been to. There was a, a memento from it that you automatically got that was stored that went into your own wallet. I mean, just on a very basic level, a memory of concerts that you've been to, if maybe even movies that you that you have been to, um, and the, the ability for those things to connect together and create other experiences. And once musicians start to understand the idea of doing airdrops where it's like, well, not only that, but like you now have a built, like by design, you have a connection point to everyone that has ever collected one of these things. It gets, it's, it's actually mind boggling what's possible. And that's when it was really funny. Like I love, I love Seth Godin so much. And like in his marketing, you know, newsletter, I read his little, really good little bits of philosophy. He just, he hates NFTs. And it's so funny to me because he's someone that's traditionally so spot on at least in my opinion. Um, and he, he wrote one as the first wave was all happening. And he was like, this is a scam. This is a pyramid scheme. Crypto uses energy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. And he wrote one two days ago. Probably he was sort of like hinting about bored apes. And he was like, NFT he says straight up, NFTs have no utility. And I'm like, wow, you're yeah. so confused. It's, re- it's really interesting to me that someone who is... <laughs> Um, who is so forward thinking in general c- hasn't gotten this yet. And I actually don't blame him because I can see that depending on what part of it you look at, you could, I, un- I could totally understand how someone could look at what's happening right now and be like, yeah, oh, this is, cr- this is crap. This is just a, a hoax. And there are hoaxes and there are scams and maybe he got scammed. So I don't, <laughs> I'm not mad at him, but we're talking about right now, this exact thing of like, you know, people conflate the NFT with speculation and with auctions. And and that, like, when you remove that whole thing from it, I mean, that was the magic of the song that owns itself. Because, like, we went to our fans and we were saying, hey, um, we would like to give you a share of this. Like, what's an NFT? Like, no, like, we're just, we just want to share this with you because like as a thank you and people no one was mad about it <laughs> of course because it's a it's the inversion of what people have wrapped up this whole idea of FOMO and people getting rich and scams off of NFTs and I feel like that's just one tiny piece of it in fact it's not it's like not even scratching the surface of what's going to be possible with it with all this down the line once the transaction fees thing is figured out whether it's on Ethereum or some other blockchain yeah, I think you're exactly right. The the thing, the silver lining and all that is anytime I explain this to um, my friends, most of the time they have the Seth Godin. And then once I get like five or 10 minutes with them, <laughs> I see the gears start going like, whoa, I never thought I'd get like that. And then like, <laughs> right. they start coming up with their own ideas. That's how you know you got them. Yes, They're exactly. Like, and then you could do this. And then you could do this. I'm like, that's just true. You could. And then <laughs> you that's, when, that's when it, that, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, so, welcome. So I think it's just a little bit of education and you're right. Like I'm a fan of Seth too. I didn't know that he had that opinion, but I'm sure if he gets in a room with some of these, uh, these maxis, he'll, he'll change his tune because the, 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 the opportunities, I mean, like in every sense of the, the phrase is like the opportunities are, 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 are endless. Uh, so you mentioned, oh, I want to go like, this is like really off a little bit off script, but 
you mentioned you getting really into amb- ambient and like you know as a de- developer programmer um that's usually my my go-to during the day right a lot of ambient stuff um you've you've kind of brought that into um i think you said you're doing like sound bath and experimenting experimenting with um with, with psychedelics and things like that what I, this is always something i can't i couldn't quite like grasp it but it definitely crosses my mind because i'm interested in those in those those areas as well um the health and wellness community uh like you know when some sound baths and by the way sound baths are like if you guys have not tried it they're easily my favorite like health and wellness activity like never got into yoga i'm too tall i'm too stiff sound baths are (laughs) are a life changer sound baths and then and then psychedelics i i maybe i just don't have my my finger on the pulse of this as much but those seem like areas that could also benefit from from these things and like with your experience with them uh particularly health and wellness and Mm -hmm. um uh in psychedelics like any ideas or any opportunities you see in there on how uh those things could kind of be use web3 to their advantage and 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 like i said not sure what but i think you're you're kind of deep in in those in those two categories quite a bit any ideas cross your mind about uh, Web three related projects in, in those in those two industries? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so this thing that we're doing with rituals and the bright moments gallery is actually um, at the the at that exact intersection where the the music that is going to be coming out of these NFTs. So each one has a generative song that will basically infinitely. Uh, spawn new versions of itself so every time you open it it's the same configuration of music but it will sound different every time so you can meditate to it Um, but the idea was really to bring this stuff together and to have have the nft the the whole ritual when you receive it and everything around it will give you the sense and of um of calm it's sort of like each one is basically like a sound bath that's at least that's the idea. So I'm using the, the sonic tools to do that. And one of the interesting things about Web3, more than almost anything else, is that to understand it, you have to do something in it, right? I mean, I'm sure you, you know this, that I tell people that when people are like, okay, I really want to get involved. What do I need to do? I'm like, I've been telling people recently to go on Tezos, but like, all right, so get a Tezos wallet, get Temple, go on Hicket Nunk and buy some NFTs because it's really cheap. You know, it's like, some of the, the, the NFTs on Ethereum are really expensive for people, you know. So it's just to get started. Like for when I bought my first NFT, I put 20 bucks in Coinbase of Tezos and I sent it to my Tezos wallet. And I went there and I bought five of these amazing little animated gifts. And I was like, oh, my God, these are mine. This way, <laughs> this is this is now mine. And I had this total light bulb moment. And I think you really have to experience it. So for me, part of doing this whole rituals thing was to also bring in my my community, my artist friends or anyone else out there is going to hear this, this, this thing and be like, wait, this is ambient music, but it's also an NFT. I don't really get it. The idea that I want people, I'm going to start a conversation around it and invite other artists and other people in on a high level to sort of like do their own, their own version of this because, um, it is a very high energy, um, world it's like hey you, i mean you know that if you tune out for a day you might miss the thing <laughs> you, might, you might miss the next thing so i do this think that <laughs> this this the 24 hours talk about one hour you know I mean, I, <laughs> I, like um but having some stillness and centeredness and mindfulness throughout this whole thing is really important because it's only going to to accelerate so 
I, I I also when I'm working on this stuff, when I'm not working on music, I listen to ambient all the time because it allows me to just really really focus. So um, I do think that any community, um, which you you're going to know more about than I do, but any any community over the next couple of years at some point is going to think, wait a second, should we should we start a DAO? How do we involve ourselves in in Web three and um, in the world of of, of health and wellness? Um, especially like a lot of a lot of our friends and colleagues that are involved in this um, probably haven't thought about this too much yet because they're, they're, again there's a lot of fud around it but when it all really comes time and you realize that making cool stuff with your friends and when there's internet money involved in it and you get to actually create a system together and have this whole community be programmable and that's completely outside of traditional, um, you know, they're not building something on Facebook. All of a sudden, it gets really fun because it feels very DIY, and it feels like it can actually foster deeper community connections and interactions. And, it, and, the, and the, you know, right now, I think that the people who are building DAOs, um, you have to be pretty tech savvy and pretty deep in this to figure out how this works. I mean, right. there's a lot, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. And this is this is how all these sort of curves go, and I think it's a really important time. But but watching, it's the same thing with music too. You know, it's like talk about health and wellness. It's like you know, the, there are so many music communities, and there's there are there are music DAOs. Like my friend um, Matthew David has Leaving Records, and they have a they have a coin and a DAO, and they're the first like one of the first labels I know to do this at all. And they're also an ambient label from from LA. So we'll definitely check out what they're they're up to so i think it's going to be all about like experimentation but the intersection of people who understand web3 and understand um like real deal music and art is going to be more and more important as things progress 100 percent. yep what do you think is your biggest uh like area for um improvement let me take a step back so as a creator and someone who's been just creating for for many years now um, what what is one thing that you wish you saw uh, exist in, in Web3 that currently doesn't exist uh, today? And that could be anything from uh, something ex- experiential um, or it could be something like technical, like, hey, I wish there was better XYZ to be able to do this. It could be something, um, you know, onboarding the, the mass population. What, what do you think? What do you think that that main thing is? Um, so I I. I really want to have a version of uh, a version of Web three that does not involve mass energy consumption for artists to get involved. The only reason I say that is not because I'm someone who's um, you know who's been caught up by that whole narrative, but more that a lot of artists I know are are not getting involved because they're they're concerned about the blowback from this and when that happens when it, when it's all of a sudden you have a community forming not even a community let's say you have a a like the world of web3 is forming without creative people i mean there's are a lot of creative people in here right now but there are a lot of the the diverse thought of different types of artists different people who aren't in yet and they're and it's sort of forming and there are predators that can <laughs> that can come in and define what the metaverse is um and i want the i want the people who who are the uh the experimental thinkers to 
to come in and and get involved and i'm and i uh, i really just think that there are people as we're like sort of like mid climate emergency that people don't want to use any more energy so you know proof of stake ethereum or something else really just just couldn't come soon enough um and i know that there's a lot of people i've been messing around with solana a little bit recently which i think is promising although sounds like they had some issues today but um you know they can you can do really really crazy stuff with it and it's just a, just a reminder of how early all of this stuff is it's like none of it really <laughs> like like works uh that that well in a certain way it's really funny but i'm i'm you know there's a lot of people that work really hard on this and we're all, I'm, we're obviously all grateful to even be be having this this discussion but you know i just want when i think of like um the uh brian you know has a term that he calls senius which i thought it's never really the the individual genius that 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 changes the world it's actually like little groups of of people um and my you know like my whole creative senius around uh, around music and and visual art is fragmented right now as far as web3 is concerned so I'm looking forward to trying to get as many of those people involved as I as I possibly can just from from making making art. Let me know where to apply to that that senior circle. I want in, <laughs> yes, I want. In. You're in it. Uh, We're in it right now. <laughs> thanks. Uh, I want to li- I want to end on a fun one. If you if you were creating an album that the inspiration came from you your experience creating in Web three, what would you title it? I would title it. Um, <laughs> that is a really good rapid fire. Maybe it would be pressure zone. The board rave yacht club. There you go. <laughs> board for B R Y C. Yes. Coming, coming soon. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Uh, Mint them. We'll get a good artist. We'll have a festival around it. We're only yes. members. Yes, exactly. Um, and everyone actually dresses up in in yachting clothes and looks really bored around the rave. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, that that's great. Fun. I'm waiting for that drop. Uh, well, Justin, man, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, I, I, like I said, I mean, everything that you've put out, you have an awesome track record for just continuously pumping out game changing stuff, and then your journey into web three is no, is no exception. So super pumped to see all these things that, that you're continually going to put out. Uh, rituals is amazing. I mean, you created a song that literally owns itself. So, um, I have a feeling that there will be a part two with you coming back on. Cause, uh, I'm, 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 you're going to continue evolve and, and, and continuously drop game changing stuff. So I, I cer- certainly appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much, man. I can't wait to come back. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And yeah, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Let's hang out soon. Appreciate All that. Right. Later. Flex. See <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See you.